I know people who work at big companies and they have their branded, you know, their branded content out for months and months in advance. And that's just not how I operate and how we operated at Kimbo in regards to social media, just because we want to connect with people in a way that's meaningful. And what shows up today may not be something that we could have anticipated four months ago to resonate with people. And so I think that part of it is something that is important to me. Welcome to Top of Mind, a show where we speak with top marketers, creators, and leaders who are shaping the culture around us. I'm Stuart Hillhouse, and I believe that through great marketing, you can earn the privilege of occupying a tiny sliver of your customer's already overflowing brain. Join me today as we learn what it takes to become top of mind. When I'm online and I'm consuming the content of my favorite business leaders, I get in my own head and think, wow, I can't believe that they're able to be so smart and able to produce such great content. But before I go start feeling sorry for myself, I'm reminded that even the smartest people in the world have a team around them, making it all look effortless. My guest today makes sure that we all get our daily dose of Seth Godin marketing insights as the director of digital marketing at Seth Godin's Akimbo Workshops. When not sharing some of the best content going, she's likely facilitating some online connections. Joining me live today is Taylor Harrington. Thanks a lot for joining me. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Great. So as the director of digital marketing for Seth's Akimbo Workshops, that means you're the marketer for the one of the world's most respected marketers. How did, <laughs> how did that come to be? Yeah, it's funny. I was just live with Seth a couple of hours ago on Facebook and LinkedIn, and this question came up in the comments. And my version of it was very different than Seth's. You know, I, I think the, the short answer is I went to college and at when I was going into college, I really knew I wasn't going down a typical path. I knew from the get-go, I wanted something that I could uh, really see myself in and be the kind of person I was outside of work, inside of work. And so as I went through college and was getting involved in different opportunities, whether that was an internship or I started my own Etsy business, I was creating opportunities for myself where I could grow. And so I think the accumulation of all of those and then getting to know who Seth was and the kind of team I wanted to work with, when it all fell into place and I heard about the opportunity of an opening, I couldn't believe that it checks so many of the boxes that I didn't even know existed in one job. So yes, it was just last January, about a year and a couple months ago now, and I graduated in May of 2019 from college. So I joined shortly after that and interned during my last semester. It's pretty amazing that students can go through the four years of college and at the end of it, just still not know what <laughs> they want to do or what's possible. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I think so many people feel that way, whether it's, college or if someone's 55. I, you know, one of the workshops that we have, our flagship is the Alt-MBA. And I took that in August last year. It was my first chance having joined the team. And while I was in it, I definitely had that imposter syndrome in the back of my head saying, oh, like you can't, you can't give good advice to these people who have been in business for so long. And I think that was one of the interesting things was I found such common ground with people who were way older than I was that we were feeling, you know, these moments of, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing enough? And things like that. So I don't think that question of, 
you know, am I, am I doing the right thing at this moment is necessarily something that ends in the last year of college. It's something that continues forever. It's just college gives us a nice four years. And so does high school where we can say, oh, let's have that moment to reflect. But now when you're in the real world, you know, you don't really have that time unless you, you know, turn a certain birthday and you're having that moment. Yeah, it doesn't, I don't think that feeling really goes away. And if, <laughs> if anything, it kind of increases because you're realizing new opportunities evolving, you're actually understanding the patterns that are going on around you, and you can actually make changes. Hopefully you have the means to, to make those changes. Yeah, and I, th- I think I was rare in the sense that from a young age, I was pretty certain of who I was and what I wanted to do in some sense. And I think college, you know, some people say I started freshman year, and then by senior year, I was a completely different person. And I really just feel like I grew into the person I always wanted to be. I made those choices that allowed me to become that person and had that in my horizon of like, oh, at the end of this, I want to be able to hit these goals and really refine these skills. And then I found opportunities to make that happen. Awesome. Well, we're glad you made it. So (laughs) (laughs) shifting gears a little bit. um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember going on to, like I took the Alta MBA a couple years ago. And then I remember going on Seth's Instagram account because I figured, oh, he's probably got an Instagram account and he had it, but there was no content there. Mm -hmm. And then shortly after you joined and I was introduced to you, all of a sudden I would see it every single day and, (laughs) uh, and it continues to this point. And now there's uh, Instagram lives and he's really used the whole platform to the fullest of his capability. I assume you had some say in that. Tell me a little bit about (laughs) what that decision looked like. Yeah. So again, this goes back to last winter when I came onto the team remotely. Um, So one of the things that, you know, Seth doesn't hire someone he hasn't worked with before. So it really was a great opportunity for me to get to know, is this, you know, wacky environment of working in the studio and things being a little different? Is it something that, you know, fits well for what I want? And also the reverse that the team could say, oh yeah, is this a good fit? And so immediately as someone who studied advertising and had experience in social media marketing from, you know, my college internships and things like that, that was kind of my first, like, I want to raise my hand and try to help with this. And Seth's Instagram had been active for about three or four years at that point. So he had some posts at one point and then we archived them because they just didn't look like the brand uh, that we were kind of working towards at this point, um, whether it was for Akimbo or Seth's brand generally. And one of the funniest parts of when I started this journey of figuring out what are we going to post on this Instagram was he said, and so did Sam um, Miller, one of my coworkers, she was like, we do things very differently here. We don't use platforms the way that they're supposed to be used. So her and Seth were like, keep that in the back of your mind as you're brainstorming how to approach this. And that was really what helps shape what it's become. So the three things that we started off with were, okay, what's something you don't do on Instagram? Well, you don't listen to a podcast on Instagram. So let's put a podcast on Instagram. You don't read a book on Instagram. So let's make mini books and let's put those on Instagram. And then what was the last one? Oh, and then we had these like awesome book summaries at the very beginning. We started with the dip, one of Seth's books. And so it was things that we thought the platform wasn't being used for, but it could be. And so that was really where it started to take off. And since then, we've had a lot of fun dabbling in those Instagram lives and beyond that on LinkedIn and Facebook as well. You, you started talking a little bit there about the difference between a Kimbo brand and then Seth's mm. brand. What, yeah. What's the differentiator there? Yeah, I think it's a good question. So one of the things that we work with at Akimbo is this idea of Kimbo is this huge community. You know, it's a hub of lifelong learners who are all coming together globally, whereas, you know, 
Seth is one person. And so, yes, he's a huge part of that Akimbo brand. But as we grow in size, I mean, we're like a medium-sized college at this point. We have over 18,000 alumni. It might even be a lot more, larger than that. And I think that part of it is really interesting because Seth is just one aspect of that Akimbo brand. So I think it does differ of like, if you go to like Seth's Instagram, you see stuff that he's producing. So whether it's the mini books, his blog, or the Instagram lives, whatever that is, I mean, that's all stuff that's been created by him. I'm merely the one facilitating the captions and posting of everything. And then also just helping to create conversation there. So, you know, that happens in one respect, but then also the Akimbo brand happens where I think they, they mesh, but they are separate because Seth is kind of a, a different beast in that regard. <laughs> we try to focus more on community, I suppose, with Akimbo. For sure. Yeah, yeah. The, he's a prolific writer, but has recently also taken full advantage of video, both recorded, but now uh, with everyone being online so often, live has definitely become a, a huge play that you've been using. Do you, so there's so much content that you can choose from <laughs> for posting. Yeah. Do you have a framework that you go by or some type of workflow that you use to kind of distill all the, the daily output that he has so that you can actually hit uh, your, your deadlines, but also make sure you're keeping the context right with the current situation? Yeah, so it brings up a good question. You know, I know people who work at big companies and they have their branded, com- you know, their branded content out for months and months in advance. And that's just not how I operate and how we operated at Kimbo in regards to social media, just because we want to connect with people in a way that's meaningful. And what shows up today may not be something that we could have anticipated four months ago to resonate with people. And so I think that part of it is something that is important to me. I mean, I, I, I'm sure you've heard of the Daily Stoic. That's a really interesting book that every year when I read the same page, it makes me think of it differently. You know, I don't think like a few weeks ago, for example, um, and that's not one of Seth's books, but a few weeks ago when I read it, it talked about like medical situations. And I was thinking, God, this is so relevant this day of this year. But it's funny because that person didn't know that when they wrote the book. So there's kind of this devil's advocate of like, two sides to it, two sides of the coin of like, well, you could plan it and it may still be relevant because when you take something out of context, it could resonate with that person. But I try to do it in a way that is quick and, you know, reposting things that Seth has recently written. So I know there were a couple of really interesting blog posts he wrote about everything that's going on in the world right now. Uh, One of them was called, is everything going to be okay? And so reshifting that question and reframing it was something that I think is really important right now. So I posted that one on Instagram. So there's a few like that. And with our lives, it's really nice because we don't have to plan the topic until it gets a little bit closer. So we usually do a topic that's relevant to that week and then also tie it into whatever workshop is coming up so that people can kind of see, okay, I learned about possibility today and I understand why that connects to the workshop that they talked about. So that's kind of how we structure those. Is there any outcome that your team's looking for with all this social media work? Like how do you measure yeah, the I think success that's a, of it? Yeah, a great question. So I think one of the things that I love is just the connection that happens on our platforms. I mean, people are so generous. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I love doing is on any of our, pretty much any of our posts, I end the caption with a question. So it'll be something like, Like if, you know, for the one that was, is everything going to be okay? So that was a blog post, like I said, that we posted on Instagram the other day, reposted. And in that question, I asked something like, um, what's something that you can do today to make yourself feel better? Or what's a posture that you want to take on 
that will emotionally help you take on, you know, tomorrow. So whatever that question is, people start to respond. And I always say, you know, share your answer and take a look at what others are saying in the comments. So it creates this community in the comments. And one of my favorite parts is when I see in the comments, like other people responding to each other, like, I'm so glad that you said this. This is what I was thinking. And I can't wait to hear how it goes. And so then there's these threads starting. And so I think that's the thing that lights me up the most about, you know, in terms of user interaction is seeing that. But, you know, we don't really pay too close atten too much attention to that sort of social media numbers and stuff. Um, it's not something that's necessarily important for our brand. We want to just help people. So if we can get more eyes on content and it changes their lives in, you know, a moment, even if it's a little change um, and it can lighten them. And, you know, I like to say turning on the light. So that's, that's what I'm working towards. And we're working towards that akimbo. It sounds like that uh, community that you see in the comment section is bleeding over from the Alt MBA and a lot of the akimbo workshops, because that is heavily encouraged in those to mm -hmm. always be asking people questions and then responding to the questions people ask you, which most parts of the world on most platforms that doesn't happen. The comment yeah. section on Instagram can is usually <laughs> just the fire emoji and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And so to have people actually engaging with you is a huge indicator that this is a relevant and that you've attracted the right people. That that was another I heard that from somewhere that if you've got trolls in your comment section, that's your fault. That means you're the one who's attracting them. <laughs> yeah, I think it goes back to trust and trying to find ways to make it feel safe. And so allowing people to feel safe enough to say, I, I want to be more generous today. That's what I'm looking toward, working towards. And other people being able to say, go get it. Yeah. You know, like in that positive stuff. I mean, it takes a lot of courage sometimes to say, I want to change X, Y, and Z about myself. So yeah, I think it goes back to trust and over time, really allowing them and giving them that space to show up and do that. It is funny though, that you mentioned the Akimbo alumni. I recognize some of the names in the comments sometimes just from, you know, people who are super active in the alumni community but not all the time. Like there's quite a few people who are active on Instagram that I don't think have taken our workshops um, and many other names that pop up for the first time on every, you know, every other post. So it's cool to see the eclectic group that shows up. Your team pulled off a really amazing product launch right when quarantining was becoming mandatory across North America and people were seriously disrupted in their work and daily lives. And that was the Akimbo virtual co-working space. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about what that ended up being and, and how long that was in the planning process for. Yeah, so this is like very, I don't know what the word is, very quintessential like studio vibes. I don't know if that even makes sense, but like the way that we operate is very brainstorm oriented. Like if an idea is happening, we're shipping it quickly. And if anyone can, you know, throw in the time and say, hey, I'm going to own this part. Who's got this part? who's got the resources to make this happen, let's go. So it was, I guess, it was at that time, I guess March, the probably second week of March, where we, I had actually just come back from vacation. And so I come back and now everything, I feel like the world had changed in the six days that I was away and came back into the office and we started to talk and it was only three of us in the office. It was Seth and Graydon and I. And everyone else had said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to start staying home. And we were like, okay, yeah, it's probably about time that we should start doing that. So this was the final day we were in the office, um, just the three of us. 
And we'd had a few different conversations as a team as a whole of like, okay, what do we do? What can we provide as a space for people to talk and gather together online in a way that's generous and also helpful, connects people during a time of loneliness? And that this is what was really born from that brainstorm. So we have um, a whiteboard in the office. It's called a vibe board. It's like a smart board, which I grew up with in my classroom. So I love this thing. And it was one of those days where we were like, okay, we got a vibe. And so I grabbed the pen and the three of us were just, you know, taking the pen back and forth. And this is kind of what created was created from that. And then Marie Schott, she is our provost for Akimbo. And so she just really put in a lot of energy and work to make this happen as well as the rest of the team. So it was super cool to see it come alive. It came alive in about, I would say four and a half days, maybe Um, five days. Yeah. So by that following Monday, that was on a Tuesday. So that following Monday, it was up and running, but yeah, it has been very cool to see unfold. We had you know, thousands of people join us. So people who had never taken an Akimbo workshop before, which is really cool. People from hundreds of different countries, like it's insane. You know, people who speak English because that's what the platform is, you know, that's how we're communicating, but so many others who speak different languages. So that's been cool to see. But yeah, a lot of people showing up and sharing what's kind of going on in their world. And then also things that are helping them to feel better, you know, be happy, that sort of thing. So yeah, it's been a cool place to stick around and I've had fun hosting some different things in there and popping into the coffee room, which is our Zoom room where anyone can pop in and they have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and want to talk for a few minutes with a stranger. That's the place to do it. <laughs> yeah, I joined it on one of the first days and yeah. I thought it was such a cool idea that there were hangout rooms where you could do that. You could have coffee with someone in the morning if you're feeling like, oh, I'd miss chatting in the morning and getting warmed up. Then there were silent working rooms where you're just not, you're not supposed to talk. You just sit with (laughs) another person because that's really, uh, it can be helpful to just hear Mm -hmm. someone else working. But the whole platform is built on video, videoing with someone who you likely have never met before and then just writing comments. So it's, it's video and writing are the only and it's 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 basic in that regard but i think mm-hmm. those constraints make it so purposeful because you have to be there for a reason there's no flashy things to keep you hooked it's you ha- the only reason why you're there is the connection yeah and i think it gave a lot of people space to be creative i mean um like one person for example created a podcast of people he's calling it the quarantine phone calls and so it's a podcast that he created based off of the community that was happening in there and wanting to hear different people's stories. So, you know, that's something that someone's doing. Someone was creating a poem. So everyone add two lines to the poem and we'll see how far we can get. And that was really fun to watch that evolve. We have a session called Go Go Done where you come in for one hour and you try to ship like three different projects in an hour. So 20 minutes each, it's like Pomodoro style. I don't even really know what that means, but it's Avraham's wonderful term he uses all the time. So anyways, it's it's a cool thing to see that kind of unveil as well. So yeah, it's been a very cool community. I'm going to be sad when it closes down, but we think that there would probably be something interesting that comes of this for in the future with Akimbo. For sure. And I think a lot of people who are Okay, I'll give you an example. I was on a phone call with uh, a council I'm on, and we were trying to figure out what would be the best platform to host a casual get together mm-hmm. where you could also then break off and have a private conversation with people, or you could leave the room open and people can come in and and yeah. 
it, it got me thinking that this is the first time that at full scale, every person has had to figure out digital connection, digital and virtual interaction. And we're starting to see these that social media might not necessarily have all the solutions that we need. We need something that's more connection based rather than content based. And yeah. that, I just think that's so cool that all of a sudden everyone's going to realize, Oh, there's more to virtual internet. There's more to the virtual world than just likes and likes and yeah. shares. Yeah. I think you bring up a couple of good points. One being that I do think that, a new form of social media will come out of this that is based on video connection. I mean, you think back to some different forms of video connection that went poorly. I know when I was younger of, you know, it got creepy and stuff like that. So it'll be really interesting to see how they navigate like chat roulette and like those sort of things. So it'll be really interesting to see what comes of this for a new platform, because I think, like you said, there's a space that's different than what we consider social media right now that could connect people online in a way that's safe, in a way that really fosters real connection. So it'll be interesting to see kind of if that comes out of this. And then the other thing that you mentioned are those breakout rooms. I love breakout rooms. I truly do think that they can make a meeting that's online better than in person. Uh, and we've seen that with the Real Skills Conference, we've seen that in Forward Link, our alumni community for Akimbo. So yeah, and even in the co-working space, um, we did a couple of different events that happened with those. And it's just a cool way to get to know people on a different level and then all come back and regroup as a big group and see, okay, what just happened in those breakout rooms? It's kind of like time travel where you're like, here I go. And then you come back in. But I, yeah, I really do love them because it allows a, a group to accomplish a lot in a short period of time. Well, that's the best part about the virtual stuff is that it doesn't need to abide by any laws of physics. You can straight yeah. up have 300 people staring at each other and everyone muted. And then all of a sudden, a, a snap, every single person is paired off with a random. Mm -hmm. You're able to have one-on-one -on -one conversation. And then at three minutes, there's a hard stop. It's not like people can walk their way back into the <laughs> conference room. Yeah, yeah. Hard stop. You're back in front. And... I think there's some really cool possibilities there. It really does feel like we're on the verge of that uh, virtual connection space really coming into full form. Are there any other trends in that world that you're paying attention to right now? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think it's really interesting to see the world of going live and how that's kind of become more normal. I mean, it's like every single person I have I have two separate Instagrams. I have my personal Instagram that I've had since I was like a baby, not really like in middle <laughs> school, you know, <laughs> and then I have like my more like professional Instagram. And the reason why I created that one really was for me to follow leaders that I look up to and learn from them in a separate feed than all of my, you know, high school friends and things like that, college friends. So on that professional Instagram, it's like every time I log on to it, every single person, because they're like some sort of leader on Instagram, they're all live. Like it's crazy. And it's just been like this in the last couple of weeks. So I think that space is just going to boom. I really think that there needs to be a professional YouTube. Um, I've been saying this for a long time. And I think LinkedIn has the ability to create something like that. If it's not LinkedIn, there's another space for someone out there to create a professional version of YouTube where you can go and all you are seeing are TED Talks, thought leaders, lives. So that sort of space, I think, will be developed in the next year or so. 
where it creates a hub kind of, you know, it's kind of like, I always think of Pinterest where you can kind of pick your favorite things when you first join. It's like, oh, what do you want to look at? And it's like plants, bedroom, you know? <laughs> so for you to be able to say like, oh, what things do I want to learn right. about? And then you can then kind of cater what your feed would look like, but in a business sense, in a learning sense, I think that would be really interesting to see if it comes to fruition. Right. And between Instagram lives and hopefully professional YouTube, those are both <laughs> video platforms. Yeah. You pretty much yeah. exclusively talk about video. Mm -hmm. As Yeah, <laughs> I guess I am now that we're all on video. That's what I'm thinking about. I do think uh, additionally, I do think that there is a better way to also filter podcasts the way that Pinterest does as well. So again, professional podcasts, I think it would be really cool to get a new podcast, you know, every couple of hours and then you kind of get exposed to them and it's based on your interests and things like that. Because I feel like Apple podcasts, for example, and some of these other ones love them. Like I'm a huge podcaster, but it is sometimes hard to find some of those unknown podcasts. So I think mm. a platform just to add in that audio, I think that's another platform that I think could be kind of explored more. Time too. I think podcast is really time dependent because it's filling those in between times. Yeah. I know that I have a certain number of minutes during my commute to be able to type in, I want something marketing and creativity <laughs> yeah, as my yeah. two filters and it needs to be between 17 and 22 minutes. That mm -hmm. would be unbelievable. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that is a good point. I, yeah, I'm a, about 45 mi minute minimum commute. So pretty much any podcast can get You're me good. through that. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally fine. So I might not need that time as much, but I can understand that one. <laughs> what do you think makes for a meaningful online connection? Because you can jump on a call with someone, it's really easy to do, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be uh, a forever relationship or mm -hmm. it, what do you what do you think about when you design these uh, platforms for people to get together on and, and create yeah yeah I think it's a really good question um, I think there's a few different ways to do it so are you talking more about one-on-one -on -one or these group settings if you if you want to talk more about one-on-one -on -one, uh, but we could also cover both of yeah. them. Yeah. So I think, I think it depends. So like if, for example, if you're in like a big zoom room and then you get into a breakout room with one other person, so it's this one-on-one -on -one and you were suddenly all together and now you're like, ah, I didn't sign up for this one-on-one -on -one thing. Why am I with a stranger? So those sort of settings, I think it's really interesting because one of the questions that I've learned over the last about 10 months to continue to keep in the back of my mind is the question of, and what else? And so that question is really interesting because if you get into a breakout room or you get into a situation like you get Kimbo co-working and you're with a random stranger in this virtual coffee shop, it's like, okay, what do you do with that time? What do you talk about? And so this idea of there not being necessarily rules of what to talk about and, you know, you may be given one question of, you know, what was your fondest memory or where would you like to be right now or whatever that question is, that's a starting point. But then after that, you can ask, and what else? And I think that's where you actually find out the juiciest stuff or when you just listen and then kind of figure out, okay, what was that one point that you want to learn a little bit more about and listening uh, really without any other distractions, I think is the biggest thing because there's so many people out there and that feeling of I'm not alone, someone else is listening is like one of the best feelings and we don't do it enough. I don't think, I mean, even you think about like when you're in a coffee shop and you're having a shitty day and you go up to the barista or you know whoever's working there and they just give you 
so much sass and you give it back and then you're just like, man, that was a bad interaction. And if instead, you know, you went up there and you said, you know what, I'm having a bad day, but they seem like they're having a bad day too. So why don't I, I be, you know, the person that's going to be a little happy and ask them what's going on. So I say, Hey, you know, thanks so much for all your hard work and you make that day brighter. It could really make an impact on that person. So anyways, I think that whether it's in person or it's not listening and really feeling how can I connect that person is the most important thing. Yeah. Always looking for and next and, and yeah. what's yeah, next. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's because that that's easy to do, or maybe maybe it's not easy to do. I almost forget what uh, human <laughs> what in person interaction is yeah. like right now. <laughs> but if you're just chatting with someone, talk, small talk, it's it's almost easier to just say, "Oh, sorry, I got to go," or like, "There's there's other things you can distract yourself." But when you're on video, I can. It's very hard for me to mm-hmm. stop this conversation and pretend like I have something to do because you can right. see into my <laughs> personal life right now. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, leading into that, I think is uh, really interesting and important, especially when you're on video. And I think, you know, it's funny, some of these group conversations, will get on and, you know, you have 100 people in the room or whatever, virtually, and some people don't have their video on. I think a huge thing is being able to put on that video, whether you just worked out and you're sweaty, or you have just rolled out of bed, or you have no makeup on, or the kids in the background, whatever it is, I think that ability to kind of take down that guard and connect face to face, especially with what's going on is really important and allows for that more vulnerable, meaningful conversation to kind of happen. I know for me, especially if I am not needing my video on, mm-hmm. I'm not paying attention. I'm on something else yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, it keeps definitely. me accountable by seeing the, gr- the blue dot or the green dot and making sure that, oh yeah, I need to, I'm here. I'm here too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent, but it's going to connect with what we were just talking about. So okay. when you were in college, you had yes. a jewelry business on mm-hmm. Etsy called Sonder Connections. And that word Sonder has popped up a few times as I was researching for this conversation. So can you explain to me what Sonder is? And then we can kind of tie it into what we were just talking about here. Yes, I think it relates very well to what we were just talking about. So Sonder is the realization that every random passerby has a life as vivid and complex as your own, surrounded by your own inherited craziness, worries, problems, happiness, all of that. So there's an even longer definition of it on the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. And so this word has been something I've thought about since I was super young. And when I started my Etsy business, it seemed like the most logical thing to call it because Again, it was something I was fascinated with, and it also allowed me to share this definition with every purchase. So I sold jewelry and then also college game day glasses. So I went to a big, big 10 school, Penn State, and the, you know, the class glasses that I made said we are on them, which is our phrase, but I also made them for Michigan. You know, I made them for Northwestern. So they all had their own saying on them. So I had, I had a little bit of a product line, a few different things going on, but everyone would always get that definition of Sonder and I would wrap it up with this cute little tape um, and then put it into the bag with it. So, and then I shipped it out across, you know, the US, but it was really cool to be able to have a platform where I could spread that word because I had thought about it for so long. So I guess I'll back up and kind of explain why I was interested in it at the beginning. So when I was back in fifth grade, as crazy as this sounds, I um, was just like obsessed with this concept of everyone's life is just as important to them as mine is to me. And like everyone else is doing all these different things. So we would be driving like in the car 
And I would like look into someone's window at dark and, you know, you could see into their kitchen, like, oh, she's cracking an egg. Like, that's cool. And I'm like, what is she making? Like, does she have anyone else in her house? Is she baking for someone? Like, what is happening? I always was fascinated by that story. So then in fifth grade, when I was given the assignment of creating some sort of a product, which was funny as a fifth grader, like what product am I supposed to come up with? (laughs) But I had thought about this so much that I was like, oh, easy. I got it in five minutes. And my idea was to have, you know, like Nike shoes or any of those sneakers, because those were sneakers were big back in that day. So have them where they could be customized on the bottom with your name. So if it said Taylor on the bottom, and then I stepped on, and the image in my head was if it was raining outside. So the bottom of my shoe is wet. And I now step on dry sidewalk under like an awning, it would then say Taylor on it. And so the idea is if everyone who had stepped on that same sidewalk had the same shoes on, at the end of the day, we would see thousands of names overlapping. And that was where I was thinking of this concept of Sonder. All of us were overlapping in this one place and all of our lives were separate, but we all came together in that one location. And so my like teacher definitely thought I was crazy as a fifth grader. And then fast forward, you know, now years later, after a series of other moments where I've really fell in love with Sonder, including the movie of Benjamin Button, where they go back seven minutes into the film and understand why Daisy breaks her leg and the you know X number of people who have impacted her in order to make the leg break, her leg break. And then fast forward in high school, I learned about the word and it was a friend that told me about it. It became really popular on Tumblr actually. And she told me about it and I was like, whoa, that's literally the concept I've been thinking about my entire life. I've been searching for this word. And so it was a very exciting moment. And since then, I've just been fascinated with it. And when, like I said, when I came up with my Etsy company, I knew immediately that's what I needed to call it. And it's funny because as you said, you know, Sounder, I think has become more popular in the last couple of years. I actually did my, I did a TEDx talk at school about it as well to spread it. And I think it was one of the reasons why I chose to go to such a big school was the beauty of there being so many other humans that I could connect with when I got there. And it's funny because Seth actually has written a blog post about Sonder from years and years ago. And so when I was applying to be a part of the team and, you know, looking forward to our conversation, I found that post and I was like, this is a sign. Like I, (laughs) this guy loves Sonder too. And then I later found out it's actually a part of uh, one of the discussions in the alt MBA. And I was like, there's, this is crazy. No way. So yeah, it's been a big part of my life. (laughs) That's your, I don't actually know how to use it in a phrase, but is that your Sonder overlapping with his? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, Sonder is a weird word to like use. I don't really know, I guess, exactly how to use it. So it's a realization. So I I like to say the beauty of Sonder. Like if like, oh, in that moment, I realized the beauty of Sonder is that we're both connected by this word and had separate lives for so many years yet came together. But yeah, it is it is interesting to kind of see that come together. And, you know, one of the other words and one of the other phrases, I guess, and maybe you've stumbled upon this as well is this idea of the opposite of loneliness. So this is a concept that came was brought up by a woman named Marina Keegan. She was a student at Yale and graduated in 2012. She spoke at her Yale commencement and then a few days later passed away tragically in a car accident. And so that speech she gave just a few days before she passed away was all about the opposite of loneliness and how that feeling of even if you don't know all the thousands of people who are around you while you're in college, there's a feeling of being safe and a feeling of fulfillment and 
there's joy here and we're all in this together. And so she describes that in a really beautiful way. Um, and fast forward her work that she had created while she was in college ended up being turned into a book after she passed. Um, but that's the first chapter and it's easily available online. But again, I think that connects really beautifully to Sonder. And I think it connects really well too with the, with all the digital stuff we were talking about, yeah. because now that your location doesn't matter anymore, you can connect with anyone anywhere in the world. You are even more alone, but even more connected. And Absolutely. you can peer into not only just meeting someone on the street, but now you're actually peering into their, their, their personal lives by seeing the backdrop of their living room behind their, <laughs> their video camera. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, it's been really interesting. I was actually at a zoom call this morning um, with one of the women on our team, Zar, and we were talking, she lives in the Philippines in like an area that's very city-like. And so we were talking about how I've been trying to spend some time outside while I'm eating lunch and taking in the sun and I'm here in Connecticut. So we've got, you know, woods and land and all that. And so I was trying to describe to her, like, she was like, so what's your backyard like? Like, what does it look like in Connecticut? And I was like, oh, well, I could show you. And so I just took my computer outside <laughs> and showed her what my backyard looked like. And she was like, oh my God, that's massive. And I'm like, I mean, it's like a nice backyard, but like, it's not definitely not massive. Like if you looked at some of my neighbors, like they have a larger, a larger yard than us. And she was like, what? That's wild. Like how does, so it's one of those moments where again, like you said, it's like you get together with different people and you learn different things about the other parts of the world and are able to really peer in and see what that's like. So I've enjoyed the curiosities of getting to know others and kind of what's going on. What are some things that you hope carry on after everyone's able to, to go back to, to what it was before? In, in certain cases, some things are never going to be able to return to what it was before. But what are some, some positive things that you're they're noticing uh, through online channels that you hope continue on? I think for me personally, the live stuff I think is, mm -hmm. is, is absolutely it's going to be so interesting to see people just always filming themselves. I don't know. It could, <laughs> it could go to an extreme, but like you were saying, when I go on Instagram now, there's seven lives up at the top yeah, and then it's people's stories. So it's people are noticing that it works or whatever they're trying to do with it. Yeah. And I think that brings up my first initial thought is, you know, one of the things that I love about this is it's not just the, influencers, celebrities, thought leaders that are going live, it's other people too. It's the people who have never gone live before. They said, tech isn't my thing, I can't go live. And now in the lieu of everything going on, they've said, you know what, I wanna share my voice. And so I think that part is really exciting for me is like watching people, including myself. I mean, I've done a, a few different things recently that I really hadn't done before. I posted my first video of me just in my bedroom today talking, um, on LinkedIn. I've written a couple of blog posts on LinkedIn by myself. And so those sort of things of like, I hope people continue to share their voices because there's so much we can share on a daily basis. And now because of everything going on, people feel the need to share and also the need to, I guess, connect. And so I hope that that right there doesn't leave. I think that's, you know, really important. Why yeah. do you think sharing is so, is so important? Yeah. I, I mean, I think I learn so much from other people's lives. I just absolutely love connecting with other humans and learning what's going on. I think that's one of the ways that I've found myself grow so much is from the people I've met and people I've listened to. And so being able to interact like 
live, like you mentioned, with content, like on a regular basis, even with people, like I said, that are in their bedrooms right now, it's really cool to hear that. And to just know that like, they're not letting, they're, they're seeing beyond the boundaries and the constraints that are currently in place and finding new ways to talk to people and interact. But yeah, I think this, this space of going live is definitely going to be more popular moving forward. And I think more professional too. I think there's going mm-hmm. to be a really cool shift where, like I said, people didn't think that they could do tech. Like, ah, I'm not a tech person. You know, I, I didn't grow up in the age of computers or I'm not a social media guru. And they're now realizing you don't have to be. We're all experimenting. No one's an expert. I mean, even today when I went live, multiple things broke. Like that's just the way it happens. No one's an expert. And I think that's the beauty of it is there's a human aspect of it that I think is is really cool about that. And I think that even if we move more professionally, that human aspect will still be there because there's always going to be room for error. And that's not a reason to not do something. It's always a reason to try. That's a great way of putting it. I had a very similar thought today. I was thinking, wait, going live is just like having your own TV channel. Why wouldn't you just (laughs) go live 24 hours a day and be the first person to have a 24 hour free news channel and and claim that land? And you just bring back all your old content and just have it like reruns in the middle of the night. And then you kind of like you just build it out the same way a media companies did where they said, Mm -hmm. well, how, how are we supposed to sell this package to people? if really they all they want is for one TV show, it's like, well, we're going to have Ray runs overnight and then cheaper ads and blah, blah, blah. And it kind of yeah. turns, it turns that professional corner from amateur to professional. Now we need to start thinking about uh, revenue models and whatnot. But like you said, we're all just trying stuff for fun right now. And, but you can only learn by trying. So I definitely think that's, yeah, like you said, a really interesting space that more people will probably hop into. I know someone who did that where it was like 24 hours of, was like a challenge where they, they played music for 24 hours straight. And I was like, this is so cool. Like a 24 hour concert. Um, like guy must've been exhausted, but what a cool way to kind of showcase his talent and make people happy for a little bit of time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it seems like a great place to kind of wrap things up, Taylor. The theme of this conversation for sure has been around virtual communities and you and the team at Akimbo are starting a, well, it's not a new one, but the registration for one of the workshops is opening up and that's for the Real Skills Conference. Do you mind telling us a little bit about that? Yeah. So this is a really interesting thing that we created. It launched back in January, 2020 for the first time. And this is our second rendition of it. So it's different than our typical workshops because this is only in two hours. So it's two hours online on Zoom. And the way it really works is people from all over the world register. And then on the day of you appear in a Zoom room and bam, you're, you know, with thousands of other humans. So back in January, we had just over 700 people that joined us, which was so cool to see. And now we've expanded our tech to include more than that. So we're really excited to see what that looks like this time. We've changed the content just slightly from what we learned in the January session, but it mostly is a reoccurring conference, similar to kind of what you see in an in-person conference, where you kind of have similar speakers that'll come back and things like that. So it's a conference in the traditional sense, meaning, you know, one of the best parts of the conference when you go in person is when you meet other people, the networking that actually happens. Um, It's not necessarily all of the different sessions that you go to. So we really have taken that part of it and made that full blown. So this whole thing is about connecting 
and you'll also learn through that connection. So, you know, Seth describes this idea of real skills. So they're not, they're not soft. You know, we always talk about soft skills of, you know, these things that are intangible, things that people are born with. Are they talents? Are, can we really learn them? And Seth reshapes that thinking to, no, they're real skills and they are learnable. So let's learn them. And so for two hours, we develop uh, new skills and we learn them together. So it's a really cool time. I'm excited to see what happens this round and how it grows. But yeah, so registration's open now. It's happening on April 24th from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time. Registration is supposed to close a couple of days before that, but at this point, we're definitely going to fill up. So would recommend going to realskillsconference.com to go snag a spot there if you're interested. Awesome. And you can find out all about all the amazing programs that Akimbo is putting on at akimbo.com. Yes. Uh, and then, and then for you, Taylor, the best place to get to reach you is on LinkedIn, but make sure you mention that you heard about her through this, this show, because that's a good talking point. That's a good place to start. Yeah. Give people a, a reason to continue the conversation with you. Yeah, I actually have on my profile, like if you look in my like bio right under my name, I have like, tell me about who you are, you know, what you're up to, that sort of thing. I love connecting with other humans. So you know, if you hear this podcast and something spoke to you or you're like, hey, Sonder is definitely my jam. I've been thinking about this forever. I want to know that. So yeah, we'd love a little intro note to get to know who you are as a human. Awesome. Thanks so much, Taylor. This has been really great. Yeah. Thanks for including me. Happy to be, uh, be here. Awesome. Thanks. If you enjoyed anything that you just heard, then you're going to absolutely love what I'm about to tell you. If you go online to topofmind.substack.com and put in your email, you can get access to exclusive behind-the-scenes content inspired by this show. So there's going to be candid audio recordings that aren't going to be available anywhere else, not on Spotify, not on Apple, nowhere else except on topofmind.substack.com. But that's not it. It's also a platform where I can share written content, videos, links, and anything else that I come across directly with you. You're going to get access to it right away. You're going to get access to the whole library of archived posts. And you're also going to be the first to be notified when a new episode of Top of Mind comes out. So head on over to topofmind.substack.com. See you there. If you enjoyed anything that you just heard, you're going to absolutely love what I'm about to tell you. If you go online to stuarthillhouse.com and hit the subscribe button, you'll be added to an email list where I share exclusive content related to this show. This is where I'm going to share my key takeaways from each episode, including my highlights, top of mind takeaways, and next steps that you can do to put this advice to action. I also share some real life breakdowns of marketing campaigns that I'm seeing around and how I'm using it in my work. So head on over to stuarthillhouse.com and hit the subscribe button to get your first email. Looking forward to seeing you there.